0: So how are we doing? Yeah. I don't know if it was a week or two weeks ago, we had some of our grandkids here and I tried running. It's been a while. granddaughter made me look pretty silly (laughs) and she's five years old (laughs) not not the older one the five year old yeah oh boy as we say too much old opening God's words with me to where we were last week in Acts chapter 18 excuse me 19 come on y'all should have corrected me on that We probably did spend some time in chapter 18 last week. Search me, O God. Last week, Paul did some searching When he arrived in Ephesus at the church there, Apollos has moved on to Corinth. As far as we know, Priscilla and Aquila are still in Ephesus. And Paul has gone the northern route through Asia Minor there and and has planted himself back in Ephesus. And and in verse verse 1, he says, and he found some disciples. And he asked the disciples two questions that pointed out something that was sorely lacking in their lives. It does not address them as brothers or Christians because at this point they were not. They they were saying a lot of the right things and doing some of them. But Paul said to them in verse 2, he said, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they hadn't. He said in verse 3, and into what, ba- what were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And we talked about uh, how that was kind of similar to where Apollo's doctrine had been lacking when Priscilla and Aquila came alongside them uh, and, and gave him a more complete picture, uh, more of the truth of the gospel. And, and it seemed that maybe these disciples were even disciples that Apollos had, had reached out to and taught. And where he ended, that's where they ended. Makes sense. But it was they didn't have the full truth. They didn't. They didn't know. And, and, and they said in verse two, we, "We've not even heard the Holy Spirit has been given." So they they didn't know. And so Paul, in in after his questions here in verses four. Well, basically, in verse four, and, and obviously Luke doesn't give the whole sermon that he gave these guys, but we know that he told them the truth. He he told them that that John the Baptist was was before, and at, and then Christ came, was died for our sins, and and when he left and returned to heaven, he promised the Holy Spirit, and that if you are a believer in Jesus, you will have the Holy Spirit indwelling you. And in converse to that, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't have Jesus. Pretty pretty easy conclusion to come to. So we want to we're going to spend a little bit of time um, as, as as Paul examined them. We're going to spend a little time today examining. In, in talking about those things that should be evident and obvious in our lives if Jesus resides here. And, and we're going to conclude with communion. Last week's t- sermon title was, Are You a Christian? This week, Search Me, O God. We're, we're, we're looking for evidence to help the prosecutor convict you of being a Christian. You can you can keep a, at the end of the service. We'll, sermon. We'll come back to chapter 19 of Acts, uh, but we're going to spend most of our time in First John. But before we get to First John, turn with me to Second Corinthians, if you would. Second Corinthians, chapter 13. And, and I'll, I'll say it now just to get it out of the way. For the first time, I'll probably say it several times in the message today. Your talk talk and your walk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. You got that? Say it, say it with me, okay? <laughs> your talk talk and your walk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. 2 Corinthians thirteen five, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves, or do you not recognize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you failed the test. So if you and, and it's not telling you to test your neighbor, he's saying test yourselves. But we should each do it. Do you recognize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail that test. And Jesus Christ is not in you. Now, on to First John. I'm using I, I need to give credit to Tony Moreda and his book Christ Centered Exposition, Exalting Jesus in Acts, because I'm using one of his little outlines today, okay? But I want to give him credit and just get that out of the way. What we're gonna look at in first John is three tests. One is a doctrinal test, one is an ethical test. And one is an experiential test to help you answer in your life the question we asked last week Are you a Christian? And the question that Paul posed to these disciples when he got to Ephesus. First of all, the doctrinal test Do you believe in Jesus and what he did? 1 John, we're going to do a lot of scripture reading. 1 John 1, 1 through 4. What was from the beginning, what we've heard and what we have seen with our eyes, what we beheld and our hands handled concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard... We proclaim to you also that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy might be made complete. And just for a second, there, there's a a twinge of Philippians 2 in there of let the mind of Christ be in you. At the end of verse 3, indeed our fellowship is with the Father and His Son Jesus Christ. If you have fellowship with the Father and I have fellowship with the Father, then we have something in common. Then we know that we have our righteousness in Jesus Christ, not in anything that we can do, but our righteousness is in Him. So what do you believe about Jesus and what He did for you? Chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. My little children, I am writing these things to you that you might not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. Sorry to use to those of you that are, are strict Calvinism and follow what is said to be his teachings there. Because this word of God right here tells me that he died for the sins of the whole world. It wasn't for one or two or 12 or 15 or 144,000. He died for the sins of the world. Do you believe that? Verses 22 and 23 in that chapter. Chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, verses 22 and 23. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has the Father. I don't think I need to explain that. That's pretty pretty straight-up self-explanatory. Chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that it is coming, and now it is already in the world. Verse 15, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. Okay, now you can take a 20-minute break. This is the first test. Have you examined yourself, and do you believe what God's word says? okay intermissions over back to take the second part of the test hey you gotta be quick you gotta be quick like my granddaughter okay the ethical test go back to the beginning of first john the ethical test is that they will walk in light and love how do you walk how do you live? the first is doctrinally what do we believe about jesus uh... jesus the son of god and now what do we believe Uh, how how does that affect who we are and how we live? That they will walk, the, the ethical test is how do we walk in light and love? Again, your talk talks and your walk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Actions say a lot about who we are. 1 John 1, 5-7 And this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness we lie and do not walk in the truth. We do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. One of the things that I've, I've come across in, in counseling materials, um, how, how we walk. Uh, here, the again, the, the ethical test is that we walk in light, and that we walk in love. I'm trying to, I'm trying to box, frame this so that you'll, you'll understand where it's coming from. That um, this is a writing that I've gotten in counseling materials. It's kind of like that you know then the teacher passes out handouts and expects you to read them as as part of your homework Um, the attitude of that's just how i am take it or leave it is still a sign of immaturity now apply this to your spiritual lives Some of us do that in our emotional lives, but this this applies to both. As an adult, it's your responsibility to figure out what your traits are, excuse me, which of your traits are toxic and are negatively impactful towards other people and the ones you love, and to eventually learn how to fix it. At some point, we all got to start making ourselves better individuals with God's help. If you truly believe that you don't have... Is is there anyone here that thinks that they are just it? That that you are complete in every area of your life? I've got it locked up. I don't need nobody to tell me nothing because I already know it. If you truly believe that you don't have to change anything about yourself, even at the very least the worst thing in you, and that people will just have to deal with it, then sorry, you're still a child. This is from the counselor, okay? So I, I just read what's on the paper. You're still a child. Take me or leave me. It's just the way I am. I don't need to grow up. You got to accept me the way I am. That's not how we are expected to walk in light and in love if we have behaviors or phraseologies that we use that are offensive to people and that hurt people and that tear them down and not build them up then in Christ we need to fix the walk we got to walk the walk people we got to walk the talk and we got to walk the walk no no hiding behind this. Well, it's just who I am. Aim, aim just a little bit higher, okay? Chapter 2. 1 John 2. Still on the ethical test. Chapter 2, verse 6. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as Christ walked. We need to walk more like him. verse nine through 11, The one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now, the one who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. but the one who hates his brother, <coughs> excuse me. the one who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. While you're taking this test and examining yourselves, I trust and pray that God will convict and convince and encourage you that we need to walk in the light. And when we walk in the light, we're not going to hate our brothers. When we walk in the light, we're going to love one another. Chapter 3, verses 6 through 10. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. Little children, let no one deceive you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as Christ is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, that he might destroy the works of the devil." No one who is born of God practices sin. Okay, we are all sinners. We still have the old nature. We are going to sin. But do we abide in sin? Do we wallow in it? Do we continue in it? Or is there a change in our walk? Verse verse 9 again. No one who, who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another, not as Cain, who is of the evil one and slew his brother. Excuse me, let me, I should have skipped down to verse 14. It's 3, 6 through 10, and verse 14 in my notes. We know that we have passed out of death unto life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. It's it's a very simple distinction. Either you're on God's team or you're on the devil's team. It's one or the other. You You can't be in both camps. It doesn't work that way. So in the process of examining your life, tell yourself, Do I walk in the light? or do i walk in the darkness what do i abide in what do i dwell in okay and it takes me right back to what is the soundtrack of my heart what is the song that comes to mind what kind of words come to mind in a in a song that what's the at the forefront of our heart is it light or is it dark it's it's that simple And yes, it's that clear cut. And yes, I struggle too, okay? I'm not trying to say that I got it all figured out and I never go to the dark side. Folks, I still sin, but I can't dwell there. I can't continue there. I can't exist there. I can't sit there. Go back to read Psalm 1 this afternoon. I can't sit there. I need to be in the camp of light. You need to be in the camp of God, in the camp of Jesus Christ and what he did for us. So when you examine yourself, look at that test. Experientially, Christ followers will know the indwelling, abiding power of the Holy Spirit. 1 John 3.24 And the one who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him. And we know by this that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Now we spent a lot of time last week talking about the indwelling of the spirit and giving a lot of verses. We, we stayed away from 1 John. There's, there's enough other scriptures that, that talk about the indwelling of the spirit that we didn't need to come here. But now that we're in 1 John, we're looking at them. And there's plenty of scriptures here that talk about the Holy Spirit abiding in us. Chapter 4, verse 6. We are from God. The one who know God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. Remember, if you're not from God, you're from the devil. Okay? By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Verse 13. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. That's how Paul knew in, in, in Acts chapter 19 that these guys were disciples but not Christ followers. They didn't have the spirit. There was something about them that was missing, something lacking. And, and our goal today is to help you see what may or may not be lacking in your life by you examining the scriptures. Not by your neighbor tapping your head. I think he's talking to you but by you examining your own heart and your own life under the light of the scriptures. Not under anything I'm saying, but under the light of God's word, under the light of the scriptures. Where uh, where are you? Where are you? Are you on team God? Or are you on team devil? Because it's one or the other. It's not both. You can't be. It's one or the other. Chapter 5, verse 9 through 13. If we receive the witness of man, the witness of God is greater. For the witness of God is this, that he has borne witness concerning his son. The one who believes in the son of God has the witness in himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the witness that God has borne concerning his son. Kind of, kind of, it, the way it talks back and forth, it kind of sounds like our walk, walk, talk, talk thing. But it makes more sense here, okay? And the witness, verse 11, the witness is this that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of god in order that you may know that you may know that you have eternal life Ephesians 1:13 one that we that we talked about last week and just, just to, to add it to the ceiling here that you may know, Ephesians 1.13, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. It's one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit, is to seal our salvation. You can't lose it once you've got it. But examine yourself in this doctrinal test, the ethical test, and the experiential test. Do you know Jesus? Are you a Christian? Are you one that if Paul were to walk in here today, uh, no, you know, no, yeah, yep, okay. It would be obvious by the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. by the work of the ministry how how do you walk are those around you able to see Jesus in you my wife keeps talking about Irene she's got to get me and I, I kind of got part of it but I'm not going to try to share it because I'll ruin it but it just has to do with when somebody squeezes you what squeezes out Words that we can't repeat here? Or does Jesus ooze out of you because you're so full of him? Because you spend so much time with him, because you pray with him, you spend time in his word. You love him, and you love those that love him. And you love those that don't love him. You get squeezed. What what squeezes out? Acts 18, Paul forced the disciples, John the Baptist's disciples, to examine themselves. It it, it was plain, just as I said, it would be plain for him if he came in and spent any time with us to know who is a Christ follower and who is not. There are those in the church that have been in the church all their lives, and, and they believe that they're spiritual giants. But some of them, some of you can't even articulate basic truths of the gospel. Examine yourself. How do you walk? How you talk? Does the Holy Spirit influence you? Does the Holy Spirit indwell you? If he does, you'll know. You'll know. We're gonna sing a song before communion. But I encourage you to examine yourselves in the light of God's word. And don't don't say, well, that's just the way I am. They're gonna have to love me the way I am. Because there's probably areas in every one of our lives that need to be addressed. because ain't none of us arrived yet. Stand with me